Welcome, folks, to Brand of Man Ministries, building one disciple at a time for the cause of Christ, not through any work or agency of man, but by the grace of God alone. I'm Pastor Will Hunsaker, and in this episode, we will explore the final verses of chapter 3, Paul's letter to the Galatians, with verses 26 through 29. Now, Paul's argument in chapter 3 for the superiority of God's grace and salvation has emphasized several points. Paul presents reasons, noting the personal experience of the Galatians, uh, the life of Abraham, the curse of the law, the promise of God, the purpose of the law. And in today's episode, Paul will encapsulate this whole thought through a believer's faith. So let's go right to the text. Paul's letter to the Galatians. For you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. And all who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ like putting on new clothes. There is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male and female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And now that you belong to Christ, you are the true children of Abraham. You are his heirs. And God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. Galatians 3, verses 26 through 29. Paul could have easily stopped with verse 26, having summed up his entire argument in favor of God's grace over the works of man. He said, For you are all children of God through faith in Jesus Christ. That's verse 26. Instead, Paul continued with some detail on how our faith is a gift from God. I recalled R.C. Sproul, very prominent theologian, he's passed away now, telling a story about a young man that asked him if he had been saved. He answered, saved from what? Now, he would go on to explain how taken back the young man was and the utter confusion inspired by Sproul's reply. However, the exchange of questions between R.C. Sproul and this young man about salvation really drives to the heart of Paul's argument for the superiority of God's grace, which is our faith. We'll see this develop through here. We'll go back to this argument a little bit. I'll hopefully be able to bring this full circle to you, but it's a good starting point. Truth-saving faith, a faith that believes not only in God, but believes all that God has said and promised, can really lead a believer to a conclusion of, of none other than the superiority of God's grace and salvation. We all know that Christian faith is the foundation of our relationship with God. Even non-believers would agree with that as far as from our perspective. And it explains the meaning of many things our faith does. It defines our relationship with God. Paul emphasized that in verses 26 and 27. He said, for you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. It it emphasizes our relationship with God right there. And he, he, he notes further, he said, and all who have been united with Christ in this faith, In baptism, have put on Christ, like putting on new clothes. That's Galatians 3, 26, 27. 
The illustration, of course, is removing something old or something that came before and replacing it with something new. The emphasis here was on God's grace as opposed to works. It used to be the law. That was something old and that came before. And then when Christ came and saving faith came with him, that was something new. We put that on now new. God's grace is always superior to man's work because God is our possessor. He's the one that owns us. He's the one that created us. Everything about us, temporally and eternally, God possesses. So it is natural and understandable that only his grace could apply to us in a matter of salvation. We are children of God by his grace, through faith, through our faith in Jesus Christ. Paul said that. A good cross-reference to that is Ephesians 2, another letter of Paul, verses 8 and 9. And this is all brought together because God deemed it so. It didn't, it didn't naturally develop. God deemed that our, that his grace would be what saves us. So if you're a child of God through faith in Christ, as Paul, as Paul deemed, salvation is not a future occurrence. You're saved now. It's not something you're waiting for. There are things we are waiting for at the, at the return of Christ, but Our salvation is now. Our faith has brought us there, and it's brought us there through God's grace. Nothing that we could do. But if we go back to Sproul's question, what are you saved from? It's very important, as I said, it drives to the heart of the message of God, of the superiority of God's grace. Well, according to Paul in his letter to the Romans, we are saved from God's wrath. He says, and since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. That's Romans 5, verse 9. So, if we're saved by God's or from God's wrath, that can't be done by works of man, because we have become children of God through our faith in Christ. So, works of man cannot do that. Only God's grace can save us from him. There really is no greater example of God's grace than our salvation from his wrath by faith alone. We are considered God's children through our faith in Jesus Christ. So are you saved? Well, the answer would be yes. If you have true saving faith, you're saved. But what are you saved from? the wrath of God. How are you saved? By his grace in sending his son to suffer instead of you. Why? Why are we saved that way? Because God declared it so. Any work of man plays no part in God's good pleasure. That's why his grace is so superior to any work of man, and it is seen predominantly in salvation. But this is only the vertical effect of God's grace. How about the horizontal one, the the life we have here, the here and now? Well, God's grace brought us our faith and explains our relationship not only with him, 
but also with other believers. Again, showing the superiority of God's grace. Paul said this, verse 28, he said, there is no longer Jew or Gentile. Works don't accomplish that. He said, there is no longer slave or free. Works don't accomplish that. He said, there is no longer male and female. Definitely works can't accomplish that. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. He's emphasizing that you're one in Christ Jesus through your faith. In Christ, you become children of God. That's verse 28. There really are no works that I can find in Scripture that can unify, unite all believers under Christ, except for God's grace. And that's not a work. That's a free gift. Once you start applying works to God's grace, it's no longer grace. Paul sums up his thoughts with how our faith through God's grace has ensured us a place in his plan of redemption. His saving grace to us now earns us, or ensures us, I should say, resurrection at the end. It ensures us that we're children of his now. Paul says that in verse 29. He says, and now that you belong to Christ, you are the true children of Abraham. You are truly God's people. You are his heirs. And God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. Galatians 3, 29. So it's not two tracks of salvation that are going side by side throughout history, one for the Jews and one for everyone else. They have now combined to one. One has not replaced the other, as I said in other episodes. It's expanded. We are all children of God because Christ illuminated everything in the Old Testament. What did he say in John chapter 8 when he's standing at the He's standing in the courtyard of the women just after the, the Feast of Tabernacles, and Christ stands up with these, these great candelabra that have been being lit and lighting up the whole city. He stands up and says, I am the light of the world. So he illuminates everything that has come before him. So as Paul said, the entire Abrahamic covenant belongs not just to one people but to all who belong to Christ. In fact, Christ said all scripture points to him and he fulfilled it all. Consequently, God's grace is always superior to any work of man because it unites us not only with God, but also with one another. Something rituals and laws and sacraments or any work could ever do. Those come after the fact. So to Sum up the superiority of God's grace. Paul emphasized it's in the lives of all who believe. It is seen in the life of Abraham, having been found righteous by nothing other than his faith. It is superior in contrast to the law, which offers mankind nothing but the curse of condemnation because of our inability to keep it. So we couldn't be justified to God by anything we do, even if we tried. It's superiority is seen in God's promise of the blessing of a Redeemer to come and being made right through faith. 
It is seen through the action of the law, the purpose of the law, which drives sinners to something greater than themselves because they recognize their sinful condition. And finally, we see the superiority of God's grace as opposed to the law as evidenced in our faith, most notably in our salvation through our faith in Jesus Christ, all by the grace of God alone. Thank you for listening, and may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord's face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you and give you peace. Now, this episode, folks, has brought us to the halfway point of Paul's letter to the Galatians. There are six chapters. We just completed chapter three. This will also, this episode, also bring us to a close to season two of Open Your Bible. We'll be back shortly with season three to tackle the last half of Paul's letter to the Galatians. I would encourage you to go back now that we have briefly covered some points in the first three chapters to go back and read those and to see if it helps illuminate and gives you some greater discernment on what Paul is writing to these churches. Again, we thank you for listening and participating in our ministry. We encourage you to keep the faith and to keep Christ at the center of your life. God bless you all. And remember, the Bible cannot mean anything, anything different today than it did back 